Hello, TJ. Uh, coming at you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It's your boy, the one and only Chris Black. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty well. It's actually it's been freezing cold in LA lately, and today it's it's a little warm. I think we're going to be touching 80. So you God know, I'm it. feeling good. But it's it's weird how I've been noticing how the <laughs> the cold temperature really affects my mood and and just my overall level of happiness i mean it doesn't i don't i'm not saying i get depressed in the cold but it makes me much less happy to and probably yeah, much less enjoyable to be around yeah you're i mean you're tough to be around to begin with so you add in the cold i don't think that's true i think i'm a pretty easygoing guy no you are an easygoing chap but i i um I I find I mean Atlanta right now it's in the 50s but it's like crispy and the leaves are changing and it's mm-hmm. sunny so it makes it tolerable and also like that's what I signed up for right whereas yeah. California if it's not 80 degrees I'm pissed off what's the what's the bloom yeah it's like going to Vegas and them saying like uh you know it's uh, it's a drink can't smoke inside can't smoke inside <laughs> it's a dr- it's a dry bar, whatever it is. I'm like, why the why the freaking hell am I even here, guys? So it's, it's, it's a weird real. thing well, that I've been noticing as, a, especially as I get older, where it's just like, ugh. I mean, I mean, there's a strong chance my ass is just going to end up retiring in Florida or something because I, I just well, I luckily, need it to be a nice eighty degrees all day. Luckily, you could hop in the spaceship and head down to Palm Springs any time to get that just hard, hard vitamin D if you need well, it. Well, that's kind of the. I mean. Because eventually the weather in Palm Springs doesn't, you know, it, it, it starts getting just as cold, if not colder at night anyway. So Miami's your only hope is what you're saying? I'm, yeah, it's going to have to be. I mean, unless if I want to stay inside these twisted, crooked United States of America. Well, you don't have a choice right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no, I'm talking I, I about my, per, my future permanent residence, not not for a, oh, a weekend yeah, getaway. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm. I mean, look at me. I I, I understand. I, I was absolutely enchanted, brainwashed uh, <laughs> with with the Los Angeles temperatures, and which is something I'd experienced many times in my life, but I didn't realize how hard it hit on a day to day basis to wake up, crack mm. the crack crack the heavy heavy blackout curtains at the Villa Carlotta and see the sun shining through the palm trees and reflecting off the pool. I mean, it was hitting hard. Damn. No more. Well, um, what's going on? What's going on in in Georgia? Oh, you know, not much. Just uh, <laughs> you know, I got a tennis coach here. Have uh, you taken a lesson Jordan. yet? Yeah, I played with him on uh, on Monday. So I went. This is this is my dream situation. I went straight from a Olympic ring session that Hunter had programmed for me and emailed over mm-hmm. right into a tennis lesson uh, just down the street. Um, just a, so just it, was, a real, it was a full, real bang bang is what we did. Yes, it was a bang bang of exercise on a Monday morning, a kind of overcast and chilly Monday morning, but but I made the best of it, you know. And I, I Jordan, so Jordan played at Georgia Tech, and he told me a very interesting thing that I think you'll like. Um, uh, the guy that went to Georgia, John Eisner, the really tall guy. Mm-hmm. I've, so I've been he compared said when, to him often. Go on. I, yeah, because you both look like there's a little something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, That's right. Um, so he said that he, they used to obviously because Georgia Georgia Tech are, are big rivals. He said his coach would stand on a box and serve to them, so they would get used to the angle it would be coming from. Ooh, 
Very interesting, right? I thought you would like that little tidbit. That's some pro. That's some pro gear, pro attitude move right there. Exactly, exactly. But Jordan, I like him. The vibe is good. He said that he he, he corrected a few of my problems. I'm seeing results already. So hopefully tomorrow, lesson two, um, we can just build on that. You know. <laughs> Thank God. Well, should I Thank should God. I bring my racket when I venture down south? Oh, I, we're playing every day, bro. This ain't a game. Also, oh, okay. you know, in Nash in Nashville, I have an uncle who's an incredible player. Shit. Okay. Well, we might have to link up. We might have to link up with him and get our asses kicked by a sixty year old man. Finally, have somebody uh, play against. Give me a little challenge. Feels good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been pretty good, honestly. No, that's great. I'm, nice I'm to- looking forward to it. And then you know, our our respective life partners could play tennis with each other. It's. I mean, it's, it's exactly. Yeah, I mean that's what people do. I think I I don't um I am concerned about the workouts going into this. Uh, just because travel time, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So so I am bringing a thirty five pound kettlebell for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I I will have my rings so we can hit a local public park wherever we are and get these workouts in because I know TJ during the holiday season he likes to get a little he likes to slack off a little bit, doesn't I he? I do, and I I think that I mean what you the words that you just used right there. I like to slack off, meaning I, I, I arguably could be doing it on purpose. I don't know if that's true or not, though. Or I don't know if that's what the world needs me uh, to be doing. I don't. You know well, the saying? world definitely doesn't need it. I don't need it because that's going to affect my wallet. The hotter TJ is, the more money I make. So let's not let's not let ourselves oh, go too much. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, don't worry. Since I am six feet nine inches tall, I can gain or lose ten to fifteen pounds, and it's true. Nobody really knows it, other than you know, if you're somebody who you know really inspects how puffy my face gets or something like that well Egg. luckily that's what i do so i'll be able to let you know quick fast if you you know i haven't seen you <laughs> it'll be a full month since i've seen you so i'll be able to let you know without a scale what you're looking like yeah i'm gonna be full tom hanks castaway mode i'm gonna have a very long <laughs> beard i will be rattling off facts to myself i i should be you know I, my weight should be down to 160 or so because in 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 light of not working out as much as i was during the summer months i have to offset that by starving myself even more perfect well i mean you're gonna be you're i I mean you love to eat you love to eat and there are some luckily magic city hot wings are available on gold belly so (laughs) are they really yes i believe they are damn Okay. Uh, yeah, I pretty mean, sick. pretty sick. Yeah, we didn't even talk about this to our listeners, but yeah, for for the holidays, for a little Christmas, a little Hanukkah, little New Year's, that that magical week of December, the final week, um, <laughs> I will be going down with my life partner to to the motherland, and we're gonna we're gonna boot scoot all around the the south. Yes, we're gonna be boot scooting. Um, if I'm allowed Alex to leave coming. Los Angeles. I'm, I am the I am the um, you know tour guide, and luckily I have I have big connects in all of the cities we'll be visiting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to release those city names now. I'm just mm-hmm. afraid of our safety, obviously. Um, so you know, w- once we get there, maybe we'll we'll acknowledge it. But you know, I mm-hmm. I mean, for me, in some of these southern cities, I'm I have an appetite to do a, a how long gone live event. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I feel like if we're gonna be somewhere, if we're gonna be somewhere together. We got to be making bread, baby. We can't just be eating it and spending it. <laughs> so I'm over here like, damn. Like, I don't even care that I'm going to be in some some podunk town as long as I just get to <laughs> like eat some fucking fried catfish and, and some 
some collard greens and have some sweet tea. Like that's what I'm looking forward to. And you're over here like, all right, I'm, I, I booked three, uh, <laughs> I booked three venues. We're opening up for blah, blah, blah. We're, we're, yeah. I mean, well, we're doing a stand up tour. Small- where there's some small theaters available that are open in some of these southern cities, so I thought you know a small three to five hundred cap. I think yeah. we could probably do. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm Limp kidding, in. but I do, I do. We, you know, even though we're going to be on holiday, uh, the the podcast schedule doesn't stop. So mm-hmm. why not throw a few things in? You know, a few. We could do. We could do a book signing. Um, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever kind of whatever works out. You know. Yeah. Um, I do have just. I, I mean, I, I don't have that many books. But I'll I'll see what I can fit in the in the luggage. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, yeah. None, none of that shit. I've written, just you know, loose books that I have around that just I just stuff get that to. you have. That's perfect. But I I uh yeah I, I think that um I, you know I don't like to waste opportunities, Jason. You know I like to make sure I, mean, I like to make the most of every day. That's why it. I'm on my CEO Grussell. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is no different. You don't this is, you don't want you a think- dollar holding up a dime holding up a dollar. Exactly. If you if you think this is a time to slack off, that's why I'm going to be eating your lunch in 2021, you fucking losers. Yeah, and it's going to be yummy as hell. So I just uh I just saw a friend here actually, and I had a very cool experience. I just want to tell you about it. Um my my friend Matt Lambert who who worked at Sid Mashburn for years, he was like a right hand. Um he has left to start his own brand and uh it's called Factors and I went to his showroom and he's making these insane, like, kind of 70s-inspired, like, uh, horse-hide, black leather, Celine suits is the vibe. They're very, what? very cool. Yeah, I mean, he's making a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of clothes. He's doing Oxford shirts that are really interesting with no placket. He's doing, he's doing full suits. But a way that he's starting his business is he's kind of – he's customizing Ben Davis. So mm-hmm. I, went th- I, I went there, and he had a pair of, of blue – uh ben davis pants in my size Mm -hmm. and i tried them on and he fully measured and you know like like is going to tailor them Mm -hmm. for me from his studio which i thought was a really interesting thing to do so you got a bespoke ben davis trouser exactly but i think that we all take our our because we're all faking our blue collar valor mm. or uh we 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 take our car hearts and dickies to get tailored you know without an expert necessarily but now matt is a, a true expert who knows how to drape clothing on people mm-hmm. so he and he had a pair of loafers in the space for me to use to try on so we got that perfect no break ankle for me wow. and i'm just I, I was just really impressed i thought it was very fun and cool and it's also like to get What's that kind of treatment I'm. I mean, I'm of course not sure about that yet. You know what I'm saying? We don't. But it's it's much more affordable than a fucking pe- a suit, obviously. So that's part of the appeal, right? You get that same treatment. You know, he popped a Topo Chico out of his mini fridge for me. You know, we're we're listening to a little Link Ray on vinyl. I mean, it was a good vibe. I didn't know they had any of this stuff down in the South, Chris. This is blowing, blowing yeah, gonna, my fucking mind. I'm going to show you a lot of things, TJ, and some of it's going to be good, and some of it might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I mean, I'm, I'll just be pleasantly surprised if I can rustle up some running water and, and electricity. Well, let me say this, but you need to pack your carry-on with plenty of edibles because I don't want TJ getting ornery. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You need to be zooted, especially Christmas dinner with my parents. Like, I'm I can't have get, you mouth. I'm not going to get high for a Christmas dinner with your parents. Do, you, do, your, do your parents drink? They don't really drink that much, right? 
Uh, my dad will do a tequila shooter with you, maybe. A tequila? Wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> but they don't really drink, weirdly. I, it's funny because I think my parents, my mom has a famous story of um, uh, trying champagne once and never drinking again and being at a Kiss concert and a joint being passed her, Whoa. and she didn't want it, so she just put it on the ground and stomped it out. Like a <laughs> But okay, my dad, well, these was, are all my, great my, stories that I plan on getting into for our Black Family Christmas. My dad was Liddy, though, for sure. My dad was gone off the Miller Lite six pack. Okay, you know, so he had that. a time back in the day. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know if he didn't like Coke or anything cool, but he definitely was drunk. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, when when we pull up for Christmas, I will. You know, I, I don't I don't plan on doing tequila shooters with your parents, but you know. I wouldn't mind getting a couple glasses of shard in them to hear some some. My parents, my mom will not drink, and my dad, my dad definitely ain't drinking a shard. But sure, maybe a a shard too gay. What's going on? Uh, I just don't think he's a wine. I think if you brought over one of your twisted creep IPAs, he'd probably be more interested. (laughs) Twisted creep IPA. Your little weird. We have those here, but we, you know, wh- I know you guys have about, IPA there. That's pr- probably all y'all got. That's all we got. Uh, speaking of speaking of IPAs, we do have a guest today. Um, okay, he has. He's not in the beer industry. His name is Tom Betridge. Uh, he's the editor in chief of High Snobiety, mm-hmm. um, a magazine and website you might be familiar with if you like clothing uh, or cartoons or whatever. Um, he 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 he's also he formerly worked at O32C with my shooter Big Jorg Koch mm-hmm. and uh before that or and after that interview magazine as well. Um so just just mm-hmm. another member of the of the New York media elite joining us on the podcast today, Jason. Damn the guy the guy knows how to edit some motherfucking content, doesn't he? He really does. Yeah, he also just had a child, so I think that'll be interesting to talk about. Um oh, so, you love children and, and childbirth, and you can't wait to start a family, so that will be good. Yeah, that's not true. Uh <laughs> let's give Tom a call. Give him, let's give him a let's jingle his line, TJ. Tom, how are you? Good man, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm just down here at my parents' house trying to position myself next to a Christmas tree so the phone reception is good. <laughs> Is that Chris? Is it a real tree or is it an artificial? I, I it's there's two trees in the house and I believe they're both artificial. Okay, good because that will act as an antenna then. A real tree. Oh, I, I don't see. Know if a, I, I don't know if a real tree will really deliver too much of a signal. I understand, Tom. How are you, bro? I'm amazing, man. It's great to hear from you. You too, man. Are you in the Big Apple? I'm in the Big Apple. I'm about to maybe like decamp to Los Angeles in about a week. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, we, uh, that sounds like maybe you're following trends by someone that hosts this podcast, but I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chris no, is the only like... guy who's ever been to Los Angeles <laughs> from New York. It's crazy. And uh, Tom, you sound like a real trend hopper right now, but that's cool. So, so you want to come out to the to the clear, sunny, hot skies of Los Angeles, and you also have a baby, right? I do have a newborn baby. Yeah, Shout is this, out. Is this going to be? <laughs> Please give a shout out to your newborn baby. Shout out to my baby. What that baby uh, do? <laughs> what are are you prepared? Like, are you doing this because you just need some space? Because you've been in the city the whole time, haven't you? Yeah, I'm like the like last guy. I, I often compare my life currently to like that season of Lost where the guy has like press a button every 25 minutes, <laughs> or else the world ends. It's a little bit like that's kind of what my house is like a bit. Like I'm 
sitting in a room in like at a table covered in post-it notes um and just kind of tweaking out. I feel like I need some LA energy right now. <laughs> just kind of, tw- I'm just kind of tweaking out. You know what I mean? Just kind of hanging and tweaking. Uh, yeah, it's cool. So, is this going to be the first time you bring your your infant child on an airplane, or are you leaving that it baby is, at home? Yeah, and, and it's weird because it's like you can't really put a mask on like a six month year old. So I've been thinking about maybe like making him like a veil or like some. <laughs> This is your your kid's gonna look like like Michael Jackson's son. What's his name? Blanket. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be like you're gonna have I, a blanket. Yeah, I want to create some sort of like veil or like some kind of I don't know some kind of uh, like Lana like Lana Del Rey's mask where it was kind of that sequin thing. It was it was clear that the coronavirus could easily seep in through those holes. Um, yeah, but it's like maybe it's like a, a little bit tighter of a weave than the Lana mask. Got it. Like, Got it. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> actually smart. I was going to, well, what designer are you going to contact for this? Because I know you're connected. So I, I would love to hear the, the number one designer you would employ to make a mask for your uh, newborn child. Um, I mean, I think the, the first thing you think is like, obviously, like, like a Marine Sair baby mask would be interesting. <laughs> first thing. Yeah, the first thing you think, of course. Um, but, but I don't know. I think my, my baby's style is more of kind of like a rustic, like Emily Bodie kind of like look. And so I thought you were going to say Oberg. But yeah, okay. <laughs> wow, so probably, another Bodhi baby. Have, I would probably like commission like a Bodhi uh, airplane veil for the baby. I think that would be my first choice designer. For I this. love your airplane veil. Who does that? Oh, it's Bodhi. <laughs> yeah, each one is like handmade. It's kind of a thing. That's a yeah, great idea. Because well, the way idea. I imagine it was having like you know how like the those like Saudi guys have like this sort of like ring that goes on the top of their head that like yeah. holds the mm-hmm. the like head covering together oh, i was thinking yeah. of like getting some kind of ring and then having like a sort of semi-transparent veil that goes over the baby that, that was kind of like how i imagined the construction of it how, how does how does your baby mama feel about all of this um fashion tomfoolery going on Oh, I haven't told her about any of this. So. <laughs> okay. I had a feeling, but she's she'll probably be think... cool with it. Yeah, she just likes results, you know. Like I think she'll mm. be she'll appreciate it much more as like a final product than as a concept. I think. Sure. She needs to be involved in all process and the ideation. It's more of a completion that she needs to see. Yeah, totally. So what do you what are you hoping get... to do out in Los Angeles? Exactly. Um, I'm going to kick back. I really enjoy um, driving around aimlessly. Um, so that's a big, I'm a big fan of. Mm. I used to love going to the gym in Los Angeles, but that's not really like a thing anymore. Um, so you're going to rent, you're going to rent a Lambo truck and just drive in circles through West Hollywood. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally. <laughs> and I, I usually I stay gonna... kind of close to Venice. And so I sometimes go to like gold's gym when I'm there and like watch like really like, buff people work out and like like work like i just like doing weird i like to just kind of do like a kind of larry david Mm. aimless la thing yeah i mean you know he i'm i'm into checking out the buff guys as well over in venice i think that's cool and i like i think it's a great place to come you know leave the family at home and then just kind of drive around aimlessly um really find yourself out here on the 405 yeah for sure and I think also, like, in terms of baby gear, I think I've been thinking about investing in, like, a jogging stroller as, like, an accessory. So I might just oh do, like, God. a kind of, like, and they have these ones that are kind of, like, off-road. So I was thinking about doing a kind I of, like, all-terrain. All <laughs> my, 
baby jogging <laughs> thing. My, my sister has twins and she has one of those and she swears by it. it and that is extra, extra weight to work out. She's for it. Yeah. I think it's like, I just think it's cool. Like I think I just love stuff. And so I feel like I've really been, <laughs> I've really been exposed to like a whole new categories of, of things in a way that I'm, I'm like shamelessly, um, convinced. Did you black are. out and, and cop a bunch of shit. I, sh- I should. I really. I really need to. So, what is your what is your worst um, item that you are a shopaholic or a copaholic for? <sighs> That's a really good question. I, I definitely what, what own, that real what, real do. I definitely own way too many like Bluetooth speakers. <laughs> how many? How many do you need for for which occasions? Uh, there's different sizes, levels of portability. Um, I definitely I have like I I really like backpacks and so I, I have like too many backpacks I think like more than a person needs and they're they're surprisingly cumbersome to store because mm-hmm. um, I, I like sort of like like I'm really I'm a really big fan of this this brand called Mystery Ranch which makes these like amazing kind of like tactical mm. backpacks but now that I have like three of them I kind of wonder like what I'm doing with all three. <laughs> okay. And are, are, are we collecting and selling or are we just collecting and hoarding? Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not much of a resale guy to be honest with you. Mm. It's never been, I've always just tried to like either avoid getting stuff I don't want or giving it away. Mm. Okay. That's good. I mean, yeah. how grateful to be able to afford to just cop, give it away when you're done with it, you know? Yeah, well, I get a lot of free shit in the mail as part of my job. So then I kind of am like, do I want to sell this? Especially if something's like not actually like valuable on the resale market. You're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, am I going to put this on Grailed and get $35 like mm. after the commission? Or should I just like give it to like my cousin? Yeah, no. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've I've learned... Because I I get a a decent amount of things in the mail for free, and my girlfriend she's a wardrobe stylist, and she gets a lot of shit in the mail for free, and just giving it to her family, giving everything to her family has been this amazing gift because they're like her parents are just like stoked to get the worst ugliest gear of all time that like I would, normally I would just put it in the, like straight into the trash can, and then I'll give it to her dad, and he'll be like. This is a sick shirt. Thank you so much. And what's your good. favorite? Th- what's your favorite thing that you get in the mail for free? What, what's like? What's that thing that really lights you up? Um. Well, my friend has a company called Weed Sport, and they make like CBD and THC like sports recovery things, like pills and and balms and 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 like Epsom salt soaks, and that's stuff that I actually will enjoy and consume. But I mean, otherwise, it's it, I get Chris gets like alcohol sent over to my house because he's sober, <laughs> so he just directs all of it to my address. So so that's stuff that's useful, like things that I can consume. Or or coffee is another one of like it's just like giving somebody a gift card to Amazon. Like it's it's not the most personal gift, but I will I will absolutely use it compared to I like actually- here's a T-shirt with like some palm trees on it. I actually secured the most, the coolest free thing I've ever gotten in my life yesterday, and mm. I haven't received it yet. This is a this is a how long gone exclusive, Tom. Um, okay, hit me, I, Tom. I hope you're I sitting received, down. I'm, 
I'm receiving a year's worth of wellness formula pills in the mail. Oh, shit. Damn. Okay, did you make I sure to be, get I, the capsules or are you getting the pressies? No, I would never get the pressies. Thank you for teaching me that. No, I'm getting the I'm getting the the capsules and I a year's supply uh sent sent here. So I'm that is about as good as it's gonna get. Damn, I, think, I mean that's gonna that that's gonna be how you beat COVID, I'm assuming, if we learned anything from Joe Rogan and his podcast. That's what I that's my understanding is that COVID can only be beaten with supplements. Immunity so is key. My, well, I was talking immunity is key. I was talking to friend of the pod Southern uh Truett Dietz going way back and he was he was talking about the uh the wellness formula and he was saying the press pills despite being hard to swallow because they are so disgusting um you know it's 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 I can't even stomach it but he was saying you know placebo effect or not it he feels like it works better because it like when things taste so bad like a like a cayenne ginger shot or whatever even if it's not doing shit because you're 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 suffering through that pain it will end up doing something better for you in the long run do you agree with that i i definitely agree with that that question is for tom not for you chris oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i apologize tom please expand you you do believe in that what other ways do you like to punish yourself and your body tom Um, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely, uh, I definitely think that think that unpleasant tasting things are inherently good for you. I think mm-hmm. um, I'm really into like sort of weird like powders that I put in my smoothie, like a like a maca or like a, a cordyceps. And like, mm-hmm. if you try those things on their own, they definitely taste like shit. So they're so really you're an adaptogen daddy, is what you're saying? Oh yeah. Okay. And do you yeah. and you feel those those differences? You you think so? Not it's not like a, a placebo at all. Yeah, to be honest, I have no idea. It's just kind mm-hmm. of like I think it's just what I want in my smoothie. It just like enhances the experience of the smoothie. No, I agree. Yes, it gets it, it gets walk it turned us, up. You walk, walk us through the smoothie. I want to hear what's the smoothie recipe. Yeah, smoothie recipe okay. would be nice. Okay, so it's it's. A sort of non-dairy milk. Like I make my own almond milk sometimes. So like, Ooh, like ideally, wow, wow. It would have don't my stunt, own. Don't stunt like that. Don't stunt like that. Okay, so yeah. so, so in, a, in an ideal world, you know, when you when you have the time, this is this is from your own teat almond milk. Yeah, the Betridge cuvee um, <laughs> almond milk goes yeah. in there. You're not afraid to squirt off, is what you're saying. Yeah, I strain it with my bare hands. Um, so that's the base. Yeah. He doesn't even that need a Vitamix. Get, yeah. Then you have I, I have a Vitamix. I got a ready. Mm-hmm. There's uh, I like I love like a fresh strawberry, like a really good strawberry. Ooh, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of like my go-to smoothie. Like kind of it's kind of a strawberry shake. I would kind of describe it as. Um, mm-hmm. And then when sorry to interrupt, when we're in these winter months where strawberries are out of season, are we forced to go frozen? What's going on? To be honest, winter smoothies are a little dark. I think when it, both when in it color comes, and in concept. Yeah, when it when it comes mm-hmm. to like a, fr- a frozen fruit smoothie, I think my go-to is like a frozen mango, like a kind of like a mango lassi. Okay, bro, that's fucked, fucked up. That's no, fucked that's up. not fucked up. I can, I, mango lassi <laughs> is like the most that. most commonly no. consumed smoothie in the world, probably. If we're just going off of you know populations of India. Yeah, it doesn't feel healthy. To me, the, no, the mango doesn't. fruit. It's mango no, and yogurt. Just, yeah, exactly. Something about it. I just feel like the powders don't mix as well. Does it mask the taste of the powders better, Tom, than strawberry? 
Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's got a little tartness to it that I find really pleasant. Um, and I think like, you know, so I get, I get the adaptogens in there. Mm. I get like a, like a raw honey, like a wildflower honey. Ooh, um, bee pollen is crucial. Mm-hmm. Of course. Unlocking of course. the properties of the honey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I, I put cordyceps. I put maca, which is like another kind of like weird fucking root thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I put a thing called tocos, which is like a rice bran soluble that makes your smoothies what? creamier if you're vegan. It makes them taste more like ice cream. This, you said um, cocos? Tocos. T-O-K-O-S. Oh, tocos. Oh, I know what tocos, tocos is. That, that's yeah. like the sun potion was... stuff, right? Yeah, it's toco oh, loco. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's toco loco. Um, I thought that that so are, are you vegan, Tom? I'm vegan, yeah. Holy shit. Okay. Wow, well, when you wow. come to LA, I got to I got to have you pull up to Erewhon. Are you going to be able to do that? Are you familiar with I that can, establishment? I can pull up. Yeah, I've I've definitely it, it's reputation uh precedes it. Yeah. I mean, there's many my my girlfriend will go over and get a strawberry smoothie that is that is $20 like multiple <laughs> times a week. She's just like, ah, "I'm just going to do it." And and ends up doing it like three or four times a week. I mean, she could be spending $100 on this one smoothie a week, and it is damn good, and it tastes like a fresh summer strawberry, even in these winter bone-chilling months of December. Yeah, I love just blowing money on drinks that aren't even alcohol. <laughs> that's like, that's like, like if I were, if I were like, like actually rich, like a billionaire, mm-hmm. I would just blow money on expensive non-alcoholic like like weird rare kombuchas and like Ooh. and like smoothies and shit that so would be like you, I, would, I, would, I would be like right. a like i would have like this a kombucha is... seller or some dumb shit like that. <laughs> this is the right podcast for you you found your home because this is a category that we're also very interested in ourselves yeah what's, mean, what's your favorite what's your favorite uh booch guys I'm not a booch guy. Jason's more of a booch guy. Um, I like, I, yeah, I, I used to drink a lot of booch before we all really knew what was going on, and it was a little more of a novelty. But I was always like a, a straightaway um, alcohol, not not the straight edge one, but the one that has the alcohol in it. Just a GT Dave's trilogy, a classic mm. fastball right down the plate. I also like the Health Aid um, Pink Lady Apple. It's a little nice. Mm. Oh. That's twisted, bro. Not Apple. <laughs> but but yeah, nowadays, that was deceptively good. Nowadays, I will just do. Um, you know, maybe you can relate to this. Um, you know, as a guy who likes putting weird little things in his body, but ju- I'll just do a, a shot of apple cider vinegar, Doctor Bronner's, or I mean Doctor Brown's, or whatever it is. Not Doctor. Yeah. Brown's. Uh, is that straight up brags straight you mean up? Brags? Yeah, brags brags yes yeah, so yeah just do a brags apple cider vinegar shot that'll that'll put some hair in your chest that will i mean whatever is going on with you it'll just smack you across the face so is that I, I have a brag that- story for you guys but before i before i <laughs> this, this is turning into a good podcast so far tom i like where this is going <laughs> um so i was staying at a place called Optimum Health Institute, which was like, I was staying there between when I was working at O32C and when I was working at Interview. And it's this kind of like, it's located like outside of San Diego. And it's basically like a vegan, like detox. Like you basically like do animals and like eat lettuce all all day. Is this like a, does it have a heaven's gate energy to it or? 
Um, There's no sacrificial uh, killings or anything like that. No, it definitely feels fanatical, but like in a very, um, like almost a very bureaucratic direction. Like you kind of have to like write down <laughs> compulsive notes about like how your digestive system works and stuff like that. Okay. You, you say, so it's like a, a where people can detox, for, like if their their diet needs a reset, and it's like a very controlled vegan diet plan that people get put on to reset their insides i guess is that what it is exactly okay. yeah and like some people who go there are like have like terminal illnesses and stuff like that too mm-hmm. so and then some people just want to lose weight or like mm-hmm. whatever um but when i was there i learned about all this kind of like that's how i became vegan and learned all about all this stuff but what's interesting is that there's like a brags scandal because i think in the in the sort of healthy <laughs> mm-hmm. the healthy eaters community like brags liquid aminos is like this kind of like soy sauce replacement that like healthy people put on everything. Like you'll eat kale and you'll put like half a bottle of this like liquid aminos shit all over it. Sure. And then, but then they discovered recently that it has like a naturally occurring, like basically MSG. MSG is also naturally occurring. Yeah, so it's like they they basically so it's been ousted from the community as a as an approved condiment of the obsessively healthy. I mean, it makes sense. I get it. I mean, I I, I never really loved the Bragg's liquid amino to begin with. Like it, it was cool, but it was it didn't give me anything. I mean, it was like this is as salty as soy sauce. I think it's just like a cheating soy sauce, but. Yeah, R.I.P. Exactly. I mean, as long as they don't come for big nutritional yeast, I'll I'll be able to sleep soundly today. Yeah, I love nutritional yeast as well. Wait, how long were you at this camp? Um, I was there for like three weeks. Holy shit! And what that's was a long time. was there was there a specific reason why you attended? I think I had always wanted to go, but I always am like I never have a trying chance to get to those cum gutters off. going. Wait, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Like, I never have a chance to, like, take three weeks off, and I was, like, between jobs. So mm-hmm. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go. I was there by myself. I watched, like, I basically was just starving to death and watching Terrace House for, like, Damn. three weeks. Wow. <laughs> this is some content right here. I hope we, so, we wrote about this for The New Yorker or something. Did you make it out? What did you feel like at the end? Were you on high, or did you feel depleted? Oh man, I felt so good. I was like, mm. I and I and I kind of like it. Even I weirdly like kind of changed my look while I was there, but like by accident. Um, let's you mean <laughs> like on. a haircut or clothing? Did you start wearing like, clothes? Well, I started like I got really into these kind of like swishy, like sort of like jogger pants that that uh, Solomon makes, and I started wearing Tiva sandals that I bought, and like, and then. Because I was wearing Tevas, I started painting my toenails. And so then I... Damn, this is a journey physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yeah, and I had a crystal that they gave me, too. So that was a big part of my outfit. And then... Damn. But then, like... And so then I returned to New York to start an interview. And I was like, whoa, everyone here is, like, harshing my mellow so hard. Like... (laughs) 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 and eating like meat products like this is disgusting but then (laughs) but then like basically a month in i was like one of them and i was like eating like food out of a dumpster like 8 p.m making magazines like i always am so (laughs) so it was a nice reset but but you did stick with the vegan diet so i guess that's a nice takeaway 
Yeah, that was a good takeaway. That was a good takeaway. So how, has this deep-seated desire to become like a vegan, Tiva-wearing, crystal-carrying person, is that something that's new for you, or, or is that something that has always been wanting to come out of you? Um, I think that I, I kind of like go in extremes, I guess, you know, so like rewind another two years and I was smoking like two packs of cigarettes a day and like, and like drinking all the time and all that stuff, like just casually drinking all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't know. I just kind of like the pendulum just swings where it needs to swing. Do you like experimenting with your body? Um, to some extent. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've always loved to do that, and and you can Jason's learn. Jason's some... a big experimenter. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I mean I are we doing are we doing enemas? Are we doing colonics? Are we doing some some more fucked up shit like that? How deep how deep does your rabbit hole go? I mean, I've been I've been down the rabbit hole. Right now, I'm a little bit more tame, mm-hmm. but I think I've definitely I've definitely gone down the colonic rabbit hole. <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah i mean at, at your uh, at your not not at your worst but maybe at your best not at your lowest yeah, exactly. or your highest like what what was like the the epitome of like the ultimate thing that you could do mm. are you putting stuff inside your urethra are you removing bones did you have an organ removed like take me to the to the wall i think discovering that i could like fast on juice for like more than three or four days was definitely like mm-hmm. kind of like an eye opener for me. Sure. And, and that I felt totally fine. Like mm-hmm. after a certain point or at the end, just the whole time. Like it wasn't even yeah. a thing, you know, it was kind of really fascinating, like, like pushing that far. But I guess for, I guess my philosophy is like, I like to have a way no matter what way it is, you know? So it's like, mm. if my way was, being a hedonistic, unhealthy person, that was the way. If it's like, mm. you know, being way too into like reading books or watching movies or vegan shit or liquid aminos or whatever. I just like to have like, it just makes life more interesting. You, you want know? to have a clear path going wherever it is that you're going. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good place. Yeah, it's like hobby almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like, kind of like, like this it. approach. I think, I think I can learn something from you, Tom. Oh, thank you. I'm sure I could learn a lot from you guys too. Do you still smoke cigs? I'll teach you how to be vegan, healthy, and still smoke. <sighs> I mean, I I never had a chance to try that, but I but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm assuming that having a newborn child might put a a little hurdle in that. You know, it's probably made you want to smoke less. Yeah, it's funny. Like I've never had any like like after I quit smoking cigs, I never look back once. Like I've, I never even think about them. Not it's even weird. at a jewel. No, and I never. I was. I sort of stopped smoking before jewels were really like a thing. Mm. And so I never even really like. I never really hit the jewel mm-hmm. like in a way in a significant way. Well, by the end of the show, I'm going to have you hankering. All right, that's kind of my goal yeah, for today's episode. <laughs> Did you did you live in Berlin? I did, yeah. Can you tell me so I Berlin is the only city I've ever been to where I instantly hated it. <laughs> <laughs> which which doesn't that say so much about Chris? Like I got off the plane and I was like I, I hate it here. And and then we could we stayed there for like 4 or 5 days and actually socialized a lot with your former coworker and 
you know, I, I felt like I saw what I needed to see, but it just didn't click for me. Is that because I'm sober or is that because I'm closed-minded? Um, no, I mean, I think Berlin is a pain in the ass. You know, it's like, it's, it's a very, it's a city that does not embrace human beings. It's like, <laughs> it's very arid. Like, it's like, they don't take credit card anywhere. It's hard to find good food there. It's like dark and kind of like shitty looking. And so I think it just yeah they just find like are there any pros right to rhythm. it? Yeah, what are the yeah? There's parts? tons of pros. I mean, it's like you just have to find like the right rhythm. It's like, but you can do it wrong very easily. If that makes were sense. You, were, did you move there for the job at O32C, or were you or were you there previously in that job? Came just a techno guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I moved there for work, and it was this funny thing because like I would always everyone else that was like a non-German person living there was like, yeah, I'm here to find myself and like dance the funky rhythms of the night or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, Oh cool. Like, yeah. It, like it sucks that they don't take credit card anywhere. It <laughs> but I mean, I mean, shit. I, I didn't know that they don't take credit card everywhere. Is it just, uh, just cash only? Is that the vibe? They definitely have like gotten better about it, but I would say it's the lowest percentage of credit card accepting establishments of any city I've ever been to. Interesting, and they do have I, funky, funky rhythms, though. Yeah, that's what they're. Were you? I imagine your hedonistic phase was also there. Yeah, it kind of, it, it definitely was part of it for sure. I mean, at O three two C, we used to have like actually both of the offices we had had like these kind of balconies and they were both very brutalist looking in the same kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so a big part of the working process was just everyone would just go out into the balcony and smoke cigs like all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, that was kind of like, I don't know, it was like a rhythm. It's like, you couldn't have an idea unless you smoked a cigarette. You know? Jason, so Jason's going to apply for a job now. So thank you for telling yeah, me. I that. mean, everything about that except the brutalist balcony sounds pretty much like my life. Amazing, yeah. No, you gotta try. It's the cigarette smokers' heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love electronic dance music, smoking. I like a nice sausage. You know what I mean? And I also love riding a bicycle around from from place to place and and getting pretty drunk. So it does. I've actually never been there. Everyone says it would be the ideal city for me. And there's a lot of funny like, that it's Chris's most hated. I think I, I think like there's certain details about Berlin that are great. Like I, for example, I love like gyms in Berlin. Mm. Like I used to work out at this gym that was in like kind of like an airplane hangar, and it was like mm. had like a dusty floor. It was it sort of was like <laughs> it, it sounds it was like the Christina of, Aguilera dirty video, if I'm not mistaken, Tom. Yeah, no, it was very like it was very that like it was very like like. You know that that like spoof on SNL, like Sprockets with like Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was like if, if like Sprockets made a gym <laughs> of just like like and like weird industrial sandbags that you could, like pick up and like throw places oh, as like your yeah. workout and stuff. Yeah, and I remember I once went to this other like other gym there that was like in a shipping container. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> and and, uh, and all the guys there were like skinheads and i was like oh my god this is so scary like i'm in a gym with a bunch of like nazis and then the guy explained to me that they were 
anti-fascist vegan skinheads. Yeah, a nice, a nice sharp. Something you should know. Yeah, something you should know about the skinhead community, Tom. It contains multitudes. So, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, the racist part of skinheads nowadays are probably the minority. Yeah. Have I told the story on this podcast about they would in Atlanta, the Nazi skinheads would try to recruit you on public transportation if you had tattoos? No, tell me about that. They would just kind of come up to you and like hand you like a little a card that had like a little bit of information, but you could you could tell it was weird. You know, my friends probably still have the cards, but it was like an understood like, hey man, maybe you should come like hang out with us, you know, and hand you like a business card the way that like a drug dealer would hand you a business card that said like twenty four seven with a phone number on it. You know what I mean? It was the same. It was, it was the same kind of energy, but getting you to join the Nazi skinhead Some regime of Atlanta, Georgia. Grass I, would love, I would love to see like the font on that, like the font design choices on that card. Like, is it, is <laughs> it, it in probably, like a, is it in like a Helvetica, uh, like a Times New cool. Roman? It's probably cool to be honest, design wise. I mean, I think that we all know that the, the design business card design book in the last five years We've seen some great fonts. We all know about the Chicago gangster. You know that was a, that was a good, a classic tome. Uh, but <laughs> that is that the, the the Berlin workout scene actually caused me a lot of problems. So it's funny you brought that up. Tell me about it. I couldn't. So I got off. First of all, I was coming from the south of France, so I was coming from heaven into hell, and <laughs> I I needed to go to the gym because that's all I do, and I'm like desperate. I have to go every day or I lose my mind, mm. and. I couldn't find a single gym in Berlin that I could pay to go to. It, it's all like you you pay for the year and then you scan a barcode to get in. There's no one at the front desk. Oh, so you couldn't just do a little one-day pass. I couldn't do a little one-day pass. So I ended up in a weird powerlifting gym full of like German hardcore types. I don't mean I don't mean techno hardcore. I mean real hardcore. Das ist bullshit. <laughs> this this is bullshit. But it was a it was a it was a really tough day for me, Tom. And I wish I would have known you then. I know I could have steered you in the right direction. I could have helped you out, man. I needed I needed a lot of help that day. I was having a fucking meltdown. So is is your current career and and workflow situation similar to that of a brutalist balcony sig smoking, or is it different nowadays at at your current employer? Um, it's a lot. I mean, at the moment right now, it's a lot of like, obviously you're working from home. Yeah. It's like a zoom chat roulette kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I find I'm, I'm just constantly talking now. Yeah. I'm just talking, 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 talking. (laughs) We, you know, we like that Tom. Yeah. I I don't know. I, to be honest, I feel like, I mean, as a writer, I feel like I'm at my worst when I'm talking. It's, it's also why, like I never, really fucked with podcasts before because I hate the sound of my own voice. I always say stupid shit when I talk to people. And you want to you know, I also I mean I've I've had the rare pleasure slash horror of reading myself like in transcripts often because I'm like it's editing rough. interviews I've it's done. Rough. And I'm just like, okay, so like I don't know, man. Like how you feeling about your like I don't know, dude, you know what I mean, right? Like that that's like how the questions are before you edit them. Yes, yes, yes. So, so you like to have the the power of editing those words very precisely, so the exact thing that you're trying to convey can come through. Yeah, completely. I mean, don't you feel the same way, Chris? 
I do, but also I love the free form of podcasting. I think this is actually more natural for me than writing, for sure. Um, mm. But I also maybe don't care about mistakes as much, which is which could be bad or good depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I, I think that they're both like it's just the yin and yang. They're they're both two styles or disciplines, and being good at at both of them is is a pretty cool skill to have. I mean, I'm not saying that we are there at all but you know i would say tom that that actually a lot of ideas for writing come to me during the podcast yeah i mean i'm feeling really engaged by you guys right now oh yeah i mean how how would you rate this conversation with a normal how long gone conversation like is it in the center or is it in the fringe of of the normal no, this is pretty on. This is pretty on track with the standard convo that we have. It's usually us asking you a question that makes no sense, you laughing, and then you begin to start answering it, and then we'll make a bad joke, and then we'll move on. So this is all. Yeah, this is all tracking. This Don't is worry. tracking perfectly. But I mean, does it feel as perfect to I mean. you as it does to us? <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess that's a no, Tom. Uh, no, I mean, it's, I, it's tracking well for me. I mean, I think okay. it's like, it's a little bit like, like, I feel like I'm kind of like maybe waiting for a plane with you guys. Oh, damn! that's actually, that's a great compliment. You know, like having like a kind of like, like long form small talk. Mm. Yeah. So you're you know, saying but like in a good way. Well, though. you know, to like, bring it back, I love small talk. to bring it back to your, your vegan days in San Diego, it's kind of like uh, a, a few guys just sitting around passing the hacky sack back and forth to each other, kind of getting to know each other. A little bit of that. A little bit yeah. of that. It, it does feel like, though, we could be coworkers that get along pretty well, and we're stuck in the airport, and the flight back to Newark is delayed two hours. Mm. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like that kind of like that level of familiarity and banter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you're totally right. Yeah. I some mean, people, yeah. some people just really love to just hear useless, mindless banter. You know, and that's yeah. That's I mean, because because isn't the whole podcast thing that like you kind of it's like a substitute for being around friends yeah. when you're like commuting to work or something. You know, absolutely. Yeah. When we're when you're just kind of walking around the house, you know, putting your laundry away or whatever, whatever it is that you might be doing and you don't want to hear the thoughts inside of your own head. You would much rather hear a few strangers, you know, talking about Bragg's liquid aminos for an hour. And it <laughs> makes the uh, it makes the demons, you know, take a little chill for a while. And put do them you, Tom, do you listen I find it – I can't listen to anything if I'm writing or working. Do you listen to podcasts or are you, are you not even really a listener? I love to listen to podcasts when I'm like walking around or like grocery shopping and I get into kind of like a hypnotic state of like semi-being where I am, semi-listening to the podcast. I, I, like the, I like the kind of level of like mental like assertion it takes to listen to a podcast. You know, especially if it's not really like about that much stuff. Like I, I often, some of the podcasts I listen to are about like basketball gossip and stuff. And ironically, I don't even really watch basketball anymore, but it's just like this weird kind of like meditative thing of like, just walking around having dudes talking about stats, like in, in like it's comforting to you. in the NBA. <laughs> no, I get Damn, that. Shout, shout out to cookies hoops, man. Yeah, Sounds like a good podcast. Uh, that that is that is 
I, I wonder, uh, I've never listened to a podcast of a subject like that where there's like numbers involved and it's kind of just comforting, but it's not something I need to fully pay attention to. Yeah, you kind of zone in, zone out. You know, like, I don't know, it's kind of, I, I find like sports radio like really soothing, even though I don't follow any sports actively. I don't know, that's, that's I guess that's a little weird. No, it's not. Tom, I, I, you're 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 a freaky guy, and I like. It. Tom, you be you be containing multitude. Yeah, I, I have a twin brother who is obsessed with basketball and sports and statistics and all that stuff, and he has like entire group chats with like thirty people in it, and they're all talking about all this stuff, and and they're listening to all the shows, and it's just like you know, some people bond differently. We bond over fucking tofu stuff, and and other people bond over sports, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I've been having this working. I've been having this working theory about some of my own work, you know. Because sometimes I wonder. I'm like, I'm like, who are these pe- millions of people who read this like fashion coverage that we're making and stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, like who are those people? And I'm starting to realize that I think, I think fashion and style. It's like almost like the new sports. It's like people are kind of like, you know, because like if you look at sports in like I don't know the '70s, right? Like you would follow it and you maybe like wouldn't know like anything about the team except for your favorite player. You probably didn't know about other teams. And then ESPN came along and everyone became kind of like their own sports businessman, like analyst person, like in their free time. And I think it's a little bit like that with fashion too, where it's like, I think even people who dressed well, like didn't know shit about it like 10 years ago. Like I think if you ask like a 18 year old, 10 years ago, who the creative director of like Dior was for menswear, they wouldn't have no fucking clue what you're talking about. They'd be like, what the about. fuck is a creative director? Is that a yeah, real exactly. job? And you're like, no, it's not but a real I job. I feel like now everyone is kind of like, like almost like a sports fan about it or like it's kind of like looking at what the industry is about when like you don't even work in the industry. You're just well, kind of like, had, we had to use, you know, ESPN and, and other media outlets like that for the gamification of games, ironically. And, you know, the gamification of fashion has, has grown uh, maybe because of the resale market. Um, and also just, you know, the sheer boredom that we're all facing every day of like, I guess we're going to, spend today talking about a new fall winter collection from this menswear company but other people you know it's like wise to know about it because then they could invest their money you know on a on a small scale by buying pieces and reselling them and making a living or on a large scale by you know absorbing companies and and selling them for more money etc i don't i don't I think it's all personality based tom i think it's interesting to know about the personalities of anything and that's what sports is like sports stats don't interest me, but some of the people interest me because they're so insane, which is the yeah. same thing with fashion, with fashion or, or anything like that, where it's like music is a little different, I think for me, but, but fashion and sports, I do see the parallel. Yeah. I know what you mean. Cause it's sort of like, it's sort of like Greek gods, like Greek mythology and Mount Olympus. You know what I mean? Like, I think you you have these different characters that interact in different ways. They have like certain tendencies, but you want to see what they're going to do at a particular time. Um, do you like, actually remember, like? Do you actually like clothes? Like, do you care about clothes and like construction, all that dorky shit? Or are you more into the the like the gossip and the the personalities and the way the business works? Um, I love I love like the image making part of it, you know, and like yeah, this idea yeah. of you know, because like I I kind of came up studying like art history and like sort of like more kind of postmodernism and like those kinds of things, and so I love this idea that like 
you know, by virtue of being like in the luxury industry, you're essentially sneaking artistic ideas into the machinery of like global, the global economy, you know? And so I like, like, I think that's like the high I get out of this. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe someone got like paid to do this (laughs) or someone (laughs) got someone else to buy this or someone got like, you know, um, like I was like, we did this story, this really long interview recently between Hans Ulrich Obrist and Mark Jacobs. And it's just like the kind of like the level of stuff that Mark was able to do when he was at Louis Vuitton and like having Richard Prince and like Cindy Sherman and like all these people just like making content. And like also like, you know, the first like Pharrell Williams and like Kanye West, like fashion stuff happened there. It's just like, it's just really cool to think that you can kind of play with culture in that kind of way. So I guess that's kind of what I get out of it in some respects. Damn, that's actually, I've never thought of it that way. And I think I get that out of it too. I never really realized that. Mm. But yeah, I, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's like, you know, this Dior stuff everybody's talking about, to me, it's abysmal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see, like, washed graffiti artists, but I guess, like, it's, it's, all, it's also, like, we have to remember these guys that are running these houses and designing these clothes. They're just, like, living out whatever fantasy they have. You know what I mean? So... Whether that whether that's Mark Jacobs and we think it's cool, or it's Kim Jones and we don't think it's cool, it's the same thing. It's not that's never going to change. These people in power are going to do what they want to do, and and hopefully it sells. Yeah, I mean that's also like the thrill of the chase for me of making magazines and like content, right? Because you're like you're like holy shit, I can't believe I got Jurgen Teller to make photographs for me, or I can't believe I got. Yeah like this artist let me publish their work in like a magazine. Like who the fuck am I? Like, it's like, it almost feels like a heist. Like you're kind of like, you're kind of getting away with making culture. And that's like, there's a certain rush to that, to like mm-hmm. making that happen. Um, what, do you, what do you think as a, as a fellow magazine lover, what, what do you think we're looking at? Cause I know that, so heist of ID, they did not have a magazine. They, they had a magazine, but you have like changed it and made it into something that that is different. Correct. Yeah, there was one previously, but I kind of I kind of rebranded it and like you know had my had my way with it in like a fun way, um, and it's definitely a thrill. I think it's also cool to think about how having such a robust digital platform can make magazine making even more interesting. And so we kind of make we usually rarely ever make one thing specifically for either medium. Um, and so that's also like really fun to kind of figure out those types of puzzles and stuff. You mean at the conception point, you're like, okay, this is going to live this way in print. It's going to live this way online and they'll complement each other. It's never just repurposing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, and that's like, that adds like another layer of difficulty to everything, you know, cause I think, I think with magazines, it's all about creating a formula and then repeating it, you know? And so I think totally you, you got to find ways to make it harder for yourself over time. You know, like I think that's like always, and I think, you know, it was like, that was something we would do a lot at O32C is we would just be like, okay, like let's have like a book review section in the next issue or let's like do, <laughs> like we would always just find ways to make it like, to kind of like as make it feel, <laughs> yeah, or just to do it like a new again, you know, or something. Is it interesting? Like so, I mean, O32C and Interview are obviously very established and been around for a long time, but Heist of ID is, is you know, a well-known digital platform, but the, the print side of it was something that I feel like you had a lot of rain, like a lot of free, a, a lot of lane to work in. 
Yeah. And I, I think with projects like that, it's always good to give yourself like constraints, you know, or to, or to give yourself sort of, you know, like a kind of white walls to bounce shit off of, you know? And so I think with the high style magazine, I really wanted like the first one, especially, which was like a style mag to really have the feel of like a sort of like nineties menswear magazine, you know? So like I was looking a lot at like old issues of details or like I was looking a lot at like, um, you know, a lot of great, um, catalogs that have occurred through the years, whether like, you know, you look at like old Abercrombie and Fitch catalogs, old Barney's catalogs. And so, and I really like this idea of like heightening this idea of like a magazine being a place where you go to discover products and discover outfits and like, like geek out on clothes. And so that, that kind of like those kinds of constraints can help you conceptualize something. Cause I think if you have too much freedom, it's like really hard to, to nail it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that, I think that like a magazine and, and I think style is a better way to put it, but I would think of that almost as like a shopping magazine uh, mm-hmm. in a way where it's, where it's like, it's not about, like you're making you're making all of the stuff in there look very attractive in a cool editorial way, which a a catalog like you're saying or, or, or a mailer type thing isn't necessarily trying to do. Yeah, and like I, I really wanted to kind of embrace that because I almost feel like magazines are trying to move towards this kind of like fashion as a form of storytelling mm-hmm. paradigm, which I think in a lot of ways like originated at like us Vogue and like this idea of having like these like fashion shoots that were like going to crazy places and like all this stuff. But like, I really enjoy like the way objects look photographed on like white backgrounds and like doing weird graphic things like that too. Um, and so there's definitely like a lot of influences from that sort of more like bubblegum producty area of like magazine making from the nineties that I was borrowing from so just to be clear then i guess i'll keep the deck with my pitch for the bottega shoot in africa um to myself um but you know let me know if you have any interest in that in the future because that's something we could do Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i like that we're moving into a a post storytelling world because i mean i I feel like heist the sorry the the magazine itself is kind of like it moves more product than just a regular fashion magazine because it's sort of bridged that gap between catalog and and just pure editorial. Is that is that correct? Yeah, and I, I designed the magazine so that it would it would almost like it would change every issue. And so like the first one was called High Style, and it was like riffing on like sort of like the idea of a style mag. And then the second one we just came out with was called High Tech, and it was like basically like riffing on like a gadgets gadgety kind of like front of book magazine, but then also doing stories about like the way technology has affected our lives. Um, mm-hmm. And so was, the, was that, was that the Migos cover? No, that was the one with Lil Nas X that just came out like a week ago. Oh, that, Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. I saw that. Okay. And so Migos was the first one. Was the first one. Yeah. And okay. so, and so like every issue, it's going to kind of put on a new mask um so to speak and so like a very timely behind. very timely reference to her mm. good, good word yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> in a way we're all wearing those masks yeah yeah exactly what was the what was the hey chris yeah i think we lo- could you say that question again I, I, we we couldn't hear it <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sorry. How, what was the vibe with Lil Nas X? Was he cool? I actually did. I wasn't on set with him, unfortunately, but he seems to be um, a really cool person and someone who like, I think something that really attracted me to him as like the cover star, especially is that he's very much like a self-made like person via the internet, you know? And I, I love that. And I, and I feel like that's a metaphor for so many things. Cause it's like, I feel like so many brands start out as just like putting t-shirts on an Instagram or whatever. And he's almost like the entertainment industry embodiment of how to just like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know? And so like, I really liked that aspect of it. And it was funny too, cause in the interview you did with him, he was so candid about it. Um, and like about growing up and like wanting to be famous and like, discovering the internet and like how you could find like a kind of something that was more interactive than like watching TV <laughs> as Damn. someone growing up in Atlanta, you know, like, and so I think it's like, kind of like, I don't know. It, it, it came out like really well, like, you know, sometimes you have like ideas about why you want to do something. And then the actual thing is like totally different. But I think that one was, that's cover story was a lot of fun. No, he's, he's a fascinating guy I, I think that it's I, I and I think that you're right that the, the entire really modern and almost like scary to me mm -hmm. yeah it makes me feel old that's for sure yeah exactly I mean that's really what it is but yeah I mean he's a fucking superstar it's crazy how big he got yeah, I think him like him arriving into the world like it, it felt like a generation lapping me of like oh shit this is like a whole new thing now and I'm not good at it yeah. Also, because he crossed over, he's not like a TikToker that we shouldn't know about. Mm -hmm. Like he's like a pop, he's like a pop star that like you have no choice but to know about. That's true. That's very true. But I'm not banging it. I'm not banging it in the truck. I don't know if you are, TJ. No, I've I've never listened to a little Nas X song. Um, what What do you guys listen to in your free time? Like, what's on the What's on the What's on the Bluetooth speaker at the Black Household? Yeah, <laughs> look, you, you can't stop talking about Bluetooth speakers, can you, bro? It's crazy. I feel like you're on the take. I feel like you're on the. Yeah, what's take the what's the ultimate? Bluetooth. Are you We're a beats? The of this. You a JBL guy? You a Beats pill? What's the number one Bluetooth speaker? Don't say the Marshall half stack. <laughs> yeah, I find all right. Can I can I just say I find the Marshall thing really off putting. Okay, like, I don't know. I don't know what bothers me about it so much, but I just find like the fact that it looks like a fake amplifier to be so like, like I don't know. There's just something. It really like vi like it, it crosses me. some weird uncanny valley that really kind mm -hmm. of like like bothers me. I would say no. I'm in the same exact boat. It it feels like I, I think a lot of it is like the cross section of the price of it. Like it's not cheap, so it's like an investment into something that is so. I don't know. Just it just has real. It's a little rapey to me, I guess. <laughs> like a straight, I was actually, a straight raper would have it, is what I'm saying. On on my, um, I have the Bose portable speaker. Actually, I just bought it during quarantine when I was in LA. So I, but I was doing a my 20 songs of the year playlist this morning. Oh yeah. So you can imagine what I'm listening to. Wax it has. He's listening to Phoebe Bridgers. He's listening to Phoebe Bridgers, and then other music that's similar to to Blue her guitars. Yeah, <laughs> a small amount of rap. I 
Um, Chris, I think we lost you. God damn it. Do you hear me? (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. Jesus Christ. Uh, That's what I'm listening to on my on my beat, Bill. Jason's listening to only NTS ambient. Yeah, I just listen to ambient music mostly, but I've been trying to get back into listening to music because it's I'm usually just listening to a random podcast or whatever, but I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to more music. I think it, I, I always go in and out of of liking liking it and it it kind of depends on how much you want to live inside of your head or how much you want to run away from whatever's inside of your head. Yeah, it's it can be kind of like a burden to pick music, can it? It's like it can be like a little bit. Yeah, you that's know, why like, I love. Because also, like, yeah, it's like so many things about your because especially before Instagram, it's like so much like of people's identity was like freighted in what music they chose to listen to. And I find that whole thing really annoying. You yeah. know, like having good taste in music being a reflection of your like identity and taste in general. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I was always really turned off by that. Well, what was your? Did you have a MySpace page song? Um, no, not really. I was really bad at the internet most of my life. Mm-hmm. I think like, and I think I mostly got good at it through like having to make content for it. Sure. Um, and but I think like like I think if I didn't work in a magazine, I probably like wouldn't use like social media. Naturally. Yeah. Wow. I, I get that. I get that from you. Yeah. I mean, it, it is weird that it used to be. Music was such a big signifier or indicator of of somebody, and you know, people like Chris and I would not give somebody the time of day based on their musical choices. And thank God we've graduated past that, and we've learned that you can be a, a good, enjoyable person even if you do have bad taste in music. Yeah, Jason, you're still friends with me, so I'm glad that we did realize that. Okay. Well, you know, I, I've been meaning to get around to listening to the new Sean Mendes album, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and campaign for Sean Mendes to be on the next highest Mighty cover. Tom, just let me know what you think about that. I'm, I'm here for it. I think it's a good suggestion. See? Yeah. Thank you, Tom. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, who's going to be on the next cover? How long gone exclusive? Ooh, I can't tell you. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> when does it when does it come out though? It's going to come out the first week of March, so we have a bit of time. Damn. So we're quarterly, right? Yeah. Okay. That feels good. Yeah. So you don't have anything to do with the website, or is it is it only the magazine? Oh, I I run the website as you, well. You do it all. Yeah. Damn. I do it all. Yeah, and I think I think of it as like one holistic amoeba. You know, I think like. Mm. I think even social media as well. Like I think, I think thinking about, I think in a way like where things go often can like determine the idea almost. Like I think there's often like this mistake where it's like, Oh, I do a thing and then I figure out how to put it in all these different places. But I actually think that, you know, I think certain ideas like very clearly become like an Instagram idea or like a print magazine idea or like a Mm -hmm. website idea. And so if I, I don't know, I feel like if I if I was limited to one, I would be kind of like unhappy, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like having kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom needs to be stimulated from all sections. I understand. I get that. Yeah, you gotta hit all the chakras. I mean, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, Tom, are are we doing um, ayahuasca retreats? Is that a thing that we've we've started doing over there? I'm, I'm definitely something I'm curious about. 
It's mm-hmm. it's funny because I used to live in Colombia when I was younger, and and like a lot of people were really into doing that, like in the jungle, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of the indigenous people there like do it still. Um, and so, but I never partook in it. I just felt like a really big time commitment. Yeah. I've been, I've been wanting to do it, but I don't, I just, yeah, it is a big time commitment. I don't know. You have to like set a week aside for that. Mentally I think prepared. it's more than a week. I think it's, I think it's a weekend and then it's for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how that works. That's true. There, there's this joke that I love from Seinfeld where he like, Jerry is offered a threesome and he like turns it down and, and George is like, why did you not do that? And he was like, cause then I'd become a threesome guy and I'd have to have different like colognes in my house and wear different clothes. Cause I'm like a threesome guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I feel like it's a little bit like that. It's like, am I ready to become an ayahuasca guy forever? As Chris just said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't need to like mentally prepare for like, all right, am, am I like in a good place for it? Like you have to re- mentally prepare for your whole brand new life as ayahuasca guy. Yeah, that exactly. Or like right now, like I have, I haven't cut my hair in like eight months and I'm like at that point where I could probably put in a ponytail, but I'm just like, am I ready to be that guy? Like, am I ready to own a hair tie? Will I, will I be fired from my job if I have a pony and and get the Tevas and start painting my nails again? Are the nails painted right now as we speak? No, I retired the nail painting. It it got like, it got really cost intensive. Like I would get pedicures (laughs) like once a week and, and you can't really do those anymore anyway. So. Damn. Nails done, hair's done as well. Everything was yeah. good. Everything. Everything. A, a real bad bitch. Tom, thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it, guys. I, I, this is a lot of fun. I'm glad you no, had you're, fun. We, we had fun as well, Tom. We had fun as well. Tell them where they can find you on the World Wide um, You can find me, uh, well, my work at highsobiety.com. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure to pick up the new issue of our magazine high tech um and yeah you know you, you just google me find me just google I'm around. damn okay okay big flexor um all right we'll we'll see you in la uh Erwan on how long gone and um g- good luck with the baby veil yeah big hug to you guys yeah man we'll talk to you soon thank you big old hug thank to you, you too tom bye bye lisa lisa bye.